Hey, can you flesh that out for me? Wow. Tell me a little bit more Swimming about that. Swimming in shallow waters. Are you serious? Okay, let's go a little deeper. <laughs> Alright. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Listen to Speak podcast. We are here for part two with my guest, Joy Donnell. Last episode, we really got into it. We went heavy. We went pretty deep. And so it's like, there's not enough space for one episode. So please welcome back, Joy Donnell. How is it going, Joy? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Let me tell you something. The synergy has been amazing since we've been on here. And you have been dropping so many gems and nuggets and getting guests to think beyond the surface, beyond what we've heard, what we've known, what we believed, what we believed about ourselves. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, especially from a mental health standpoint. And you've you've delved so much. I think we've dwelt really in the mind and in the heart and in the soul of matters. And so I feel like you're hitting uh, every cylinder. But I do want to talk about just the narrative because I, I noticed that in Beyond Brand, you talk a lot about changing narratives. And so many pages in there represent changing that narrative with the use of media. And you talked in our last episode about, I can use science, I can use faith, I can use religion, I can use mental health. I choose to use media. And so I speak a lot about boundaries. What was the Kairos moment, that cataclytic moment that caused you to draw the boundary line and step into going against the grain? I know you talked about our last episode as a little girl seeing that sight on the lawn. But I know there are other moments throughout life that says, you know what? This is the straw that has broke the camel's back. You willing to go there for the audience? You know, I feel like it was more like the last straw that broke the camel's back. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. like it was the cumulative effect of things over time, right? It was when I would ask questions to a teacher or a professor and they weren't even versed in the thing to answer my question or would give a flippant answer that I did not feel was the real answer. So I had to, not to age myself, go to the library and actually use the dual Dewey Decimal System, right? And maybe even order the book from a different institution like Duke University or Cornell or something and wait two, two weeks for the book to come and then photocopy the pages so that I could learn the thing because no one was, not only were they not able to give me the answer, they just weren't even aware of the fact that there were these other layers of narrative within it, right? That, I mean, you can, you can look at someone like Andrew Jackson, for example, and you just hear he was the great American expansionist and you'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool. But what, what about the trail of tears? And if you don't understand what that meant, and if you don't understand after the trail of tears too, what happened with the emancipation and, uh, and what happened with the, with the fact that a lot of times the Native American nations were the only ones that actually gave 40 acres and a mule in relation to reparations. And then you have a story like Sarah Rector. Well, how can you teach me that if you don't know any of those things are connected? You don't know the intersectionality of that. So it was kind of the cumulative effect of being in so many spaces where I think I was feeling pressurized to find the way that I was supposed to groove and fit within that space. And instead, I was a lot of times finding that the space was not actually a place for me to thrive. The space was not actually optimized for me. And 
you finally have enough meetings and enough weird conversations and sideway things that are tethered to those things baked into the system that I mentioned, like the production code, like 30 years of not making certain movies, not telling certain stories. So we don't even have comparables of how this story could perform. And then you have these audience assumptions that people aren't even interested in stories like that, but you never gave them a chance to consume those types of stories. You just keep shoving the same thing that you think is appropriate in front of them. And one day you just decide enough. And enough is a complete sentence. I love that. So it's a, one of the shortest prayers <laughs> possible is enough. And I just said, you know, enough. I need to use my life force to create something different and do things differently and do them in a way that's going to uh, honor why I'm here and honor the the lineage and all of the sacrifice that has brought me to this place so yeah it wasn't it was not one thing it was all the things becoming just entirely too much and me also deciding too that i didn't want to strap that stuff to my back i really admire not only the the pioneering spirit but also the fact that you hear the, the V word used a lot, especially in mental health spaces, victim. But you chose to, I hate to use the cliches because to me, they lose a lot of weight when they get used too much. But take the lemons of what systems had handed you and what a narrative had handed you and make lemonade. And also take other people on that journey with you. Not to say, oh, this is just for me and mine. Because we, we can talk about that in another episode. We don't even have enough time to talk about how many times it's been baked into us to keep things to ourselves. Because if we give too much away, there's not enough to go around. But where I'm going with this is I really admire that you were willing to not just ask the questions, not receive the answer that you wanted, but do the hard work of saying, you know what, I'm going to do the research myself. You won't tell me, but it's out there somewhere. And that that, that just feeds right uh, <laughs> To my next question, it's amazing how this is flowing because I'll just share a little bit about myself, Joy, as a, as a person of faith, as a young man. I, I didn't question what I heard until I got hit with some changes, transitions, and, and losses that I didn't sign up for. Most people who have been following my content know I lost my dad nearly five years ago. That was the hardest gut check I've ever been through personally. Uh, and you talk about questioning the origins of stories. I see that all throughout the pages of Beyond Brand. And so when I talk a lot about the mirror, you know, because especially in the mental health space, the person, the hardest person for us to face usually is ourself. What questions did you ask Joy in the on-ramp of this journey and gone beyond brand? I actually, I hit one of those walls that I talked about before mm -hmm. and I hit it physically, which I had never experienced. It had not occurred to me that I could do something like uh, burn my thyroid out that I didn't know that was a thing, right? Like I, I knew that I had a thyroid, but it never occurred to me that uh, being team no sleep <laughs> could do things like <laughs> mess your thyroid up. They didn't put that in the brochure of team no sleep, right? So I was really in love with my lifestyle. Uh, everything was looking great on paper. And, you know, I'm living in LA, I'm in Hollywood, I'm out all the time, I'm constantly working. One time I worked so hard, I was working so much that I 
fainted at a party that I had put together. And as I was being carried out from the party, I actually heard people being like, oh my God, Joy is amazing. She worked so hard that she literally fainted. She's amazing. And I got offered even more work because it was like, wow, she just will push whatever limits to get the thing done. Mm. So after a long time of doing that, I found myself on my sofa, completely unable to move. I had dropped down to a size zero and I didn't have weight to drop down to a size zero. So I was literally skin and bones. I had no energy. I had to change my diet. I couldn't work. And it got really quiet. And I had nothing to do except for have a conversation with myself. And within that conversation with myself, I had to ask, how am I actually using my life force right now? Am I doing what really feels like my calling? Or am I just, you know, flowing in a state of like goodies that I'm, I'm good at it, right? And I've got the title, but where's the purpose? Maybe the purpose is where the real magic is. So the minute that I started having this really different conversation with myself, I admitted to myself that I wanted to use my creativity in a completely different way than I have been using it. I actually wanted to live a creative life and I wanted to tap into my creativity as part of my, my self-care, my healing, the, the healing properties of that for me because I am a questioner, because I am a storyteller, because I am a conversationalist, because I do love to deepen my wisdom through also deepening my empathy and my compassion, because I think that you can't really have wisdom expand without your empathy and your compassion expanding. I wanted to get into the, the thickness of life and come back with the stories that needed to be told. And I wanted to take a lot of the grief that I had experienced which is just another form of love, right? It's love with nowhere to go and turn that into something that would be helpful in, in relation to stories. And the minute that I admitted that that's how I wanted to use my creativity, everything started changing. Everything started changing. I even ended up getting invited like two days later to this event in Malibu with this woman named Kathy, my friend, the, <laughs> Lawrence Charles was just like, Joy, you have to come meet Kathy. I can't believe you don't know Kathy. I've been telling Kathy about you and you would need to know each other and come to Malibu on Sunday and meet Kathy. I didn't even ask Kathy who, Kathy what, Malibu where. I just got the address. And as sick as I was, I went and I walked in. I discovered that this woman, Kathy Eldon, had created this place called Creative Visions, which was a haven for creative activists. If you wanted to use your creativity in a different way, she actually coined the term. She actually trademarked the term creative activist. I almost started crying because I realized I had been looking for her since I was 19 years old. I had been looking for this kind of vocabulary. And I couldn't find it. So I did a lot of other things because I didn't have the language for it. And the moment that I met her and I saw Creative Visions, I said, this was the language I was looking for. And then it allowed me to go even deeper into what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, right? It changed everything. It changed the way I was talking about it, the way that I was walking it, the way that I was thinking about it, the way that I embodied it. The way that I go back to it during those times when I really needed to be able to ground myself in something. And it's given me now this place where, well, I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, 
I realized that I can look constantly into the deepest, deepest places of my despair and come back with something beautiful. And that right there feels like magic. It feels like grace. It feels like divinity. It is absolutely amazing to be able to keep journeying into these things and and not feeling like I have to constantly, oh, avert my eyes and stare into the light because the light is the only place where the answers are, but actually allow my eyes to adjust to the darker places, to the deeper places and not fear them, but embrace the possibility of what will be uncovered going into those places of uncertainty, embracing that fear and coming back with something beautiful. And that's why I say question the origin of the stories, because that is what you are supposed to do as a storyteller. When you are being entrusted to tell stories to others, you have to dig into why you know the story that you know the way that you know it. Do you know that story because it's been well-funded? Because a lot of the stories that you know They got economy around it. The story that you don't know is the story that has been snuffed out economically. So if you actually start to dig, you realize that there's a whole richness of story. And if you really believe in interconnectivity, then you have to believe in intersectionality because intersectionality is interconnectivity. The more interconnected we become, the more we understand that each of us have had this really amazing, unique journey. And all of these journeys are epic. Every human story is worthy of being storied. And it just, again, deepens your empathy and your compassion because your wisdom is deepening because you keep seeing more of the complexity of the human experience. And you start to realize that the simplicity is within the complexity, that the complexity is our human advantage, that the more that we understand all these different ways that we go about being alive, the better solutions we will get about how to keep being alive, not just now, but into the future and build more environments of well-being and thriving for us collectively as humans. And that is our creative task. That is, I think, our psycho-spiritual task. That is our life task right now and into the future. If we're not existing to make sure, to do our best to make sure that things are better for most of us, as many of us as possible, then what are we actually doing? And if none of this really matters, then how we show up for each other that way is absolutely the thing that matters. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm listening to you and this we could hit like 20 different touch points with everything you just said. But a lot of when you were talking, it it made me think back to uh, our first episode just a quote that I love, I go over with, with clients and with myself, uh, Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. And you talked about that in the first episode about legacy. And we were talking about authenticity. It's like, well, what is the end of this? You know, And that's when we begin with the end in mind, we begin to ask those questions and, and paint outside the lines and go deeper beneath the surface. It's like, well, what's the end of this thing? Am I just in the moment? You hear so much about living in the moment, but it's, it's bigger than the moment. Enjoy the moment, but beyond the moment, (laughs) you know, let me ask some questions where I can actually see what is interconnected, how I'm connected to this. How do I navigate this? So I'm absolutely loving uh, what was birthed into going not just beyond brand, 
but you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, beyond brand. I, I, I'm I'm actually blown away right now, and I hope our audience is as well. It means a lot to me as as a as a young man of faith. Um, my faith is a huge part of who I am, but it's it was. I like how you talked about embracing the darkness. It was the darker parts, you know, the death. And, and multiple deaths, actually. My dad's been the most significant. The changes, tr- the transitions, the losses, the confrontation of the history of my country, the history of my people. So many different things that actually, uh, for some, it, it may cause them to just completely abandon it. It actually gave me deeper roots in my faith. But I, it took a lot of studying, a lot of time in nature. You usually see me out in the woods. It's a reason for that. <laughs> I spend hours out there just alone with God and meditation. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping as the audience is listening to this, they're really being encouraged to stillness is huge and going beyond brand and getting away from it all. You heard earlier how Joy talked about uh, just passing out. And this is not that episode, but we, we could really dig into hustle culture versus a culture of rest. And I think there's a balance there, you know, that a lot of people don't touch. There's either one side of the fence or the other. And people are like, no, hustle culture and oh, just rest culture. And it's just like... Sometimes you got to hustle, <laughs> but then sometimes you got to rest. And so you touch so many different points. It, 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 it challenges me to know where do we go? Where, where's our on-ramp? But I really appreciate you taking myself and the audience on that journey. And um, you delved a little bit into it in the first episode, but the work and the spaces you were involved in are in based on the the product codes alone, that's a heavy space. You know, even hearing about it, since I've been following your work, I'm like, this is heavy to interact with, but I'm gonna go there anyway. And so with your institutional knowledge of production codes and what has happened in the media and how things have been passed down to everyone, this is the norm, this is the way to do it. What does self-care look like for joy? Not you told me what it did look like, you know, especially when you hit that wall. But just what is day to day? It's for our audience. What what does self care look like? And, and navigating what is heavy, but still being light enough to continue to fulfill your mission. I love this question because for me too, that is where that balance of when you need to hustle and when you need to rest come into play, right? So really, what the big thing for me, one of the most grounding things for me is self-compassion. One day I realized I had been raised to have a very high level of self-respect, but I had a very low level of self-compassion. And that can blow your mind, right? Because you're thinking, how do I not have self-compassion? I'm making sure I look right when I go out the house, right? Because you don't want to look like a fool in the streets. But I did not have a high level of self-compassion. I had no regard, for example, for my body and for the fact that my body would have moments where it needed to rest. I could always rely on my physicality. I have a lot of physical energy. So I just assumed that the body was always going to do as I bid it to do. I didn't necessarily respect it as a vessel and I didn't respect it as a bridge. I did not respect it as this this beautiful thing that helps me pull things from the immaterial into the material, right? So every day I work on making sure that I stay as grounded as possible in my self-compassion. I like to get up a little early. 
and have control over my day that way, not be inundated with, oh, I got to respond to this. I got to hurry up and have this kind I got to do this and do that. All these to do's. I allow myself to just have a moment of ease, gentleness within my, my, you know, early day, meditate, do a little reading, right? Not worry about having to be here or be there, stretch, you know, the walk outside, sit in the sun, that is how I like to start my day. And then when I get into work, I make sure that I give myself breaks. I'm now a lot more cognizant of when I have been staring into the screen for too long, sitting for too long, and not allowing my body to get up and stretch and move around, right? I keep going back to what my body needs to keep being the vessel that allows me to do the work and not get so empty, not get so drained that I can't show up for myself, let alone anyone else. When I get sleepy, I pay attention to that. I'd be like, okay, three days of just have like, you know, about four and a half, five hours of sleep, three days in a row. And that was okay for a little bit, but now I need to actually rest. I got to bring in some naps. I go ahead and do that. I got to do what I need to do so that I replenish that part of myself because I don't want to keep going and exhausting myself to the point where I, I just lose all sense of this body again, as, as my companion and as my home, this is, this body is with me to do the work. And, you know, we get so encouraged to just go, 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 go until you can't go anymore. You'll sleep when you're dead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you'll, you'll rest in the ground, you know, like you, you don't have to worry about any of that. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. But I maybe that's true for some. It's not true for me right now. and. That self-compassion, it helps me maintain presence and focus. It helps me be kind to myself as I, I learn and unlearn and relearn because I will look back at past joy and be like, oh, she was dumb right there. But you know what? Even if she was naive or a little ignorant, didn't understand this or that or whatever, she still figured out something enough to get me to hear. So I appreciate that past version of myself and I'm okay. I forgive her. I'm with her. She didn't need to know what she didn't know then. I know it now. And so now that I know it, I can do something with this knowledge. And I look at future self, not as this future joy that will one day be worthy of this or be able to be happy this way. I'm showing up right now the way that I need to. So that future joy will be able to keep thriving the way that future joy is going to be able to thrive. And that self-compassion helps me stay open to that potential too. I, I don't know what's going to happen all the time. Certainty is an illusion. We all thought we were, you know, with everybody say 2020 is going to be my year. 2020 vision. 2020 is going to be my year, <laughs> right? And then we went through a two-year pandemic. We didn't see that coming. We don't know what's actually going to happen. We just trick ourselves into believing it. And self-compassion, that is a constant touch point for me that I try to nourish over and over again, every day, as much as I can, because that is going to help me keep finding ways back to myself in those moments of stress, or even in those moments where I'm just convinced I'm doing great and can't no one touch me. Self-compassion, still plays a role in making sure that I come back to me. Wow. Joy, there's so many people in the audience who need to hear that. Uh, the host 
needs to hear that, even as a counselor. If you've interacted with my content, you know I don't purport to be a perfect <laughs> counselor. Um, just the paces ahead of of my clients, and we're going on the journey together. Because from a media standpoint, the narrative is is that oh, that past self is all bad because they didn't know it all. But like you just said, they knew enough. There was there was a there was a knowledge enough to get you to this point, and not so much looking to the future self to be this completed perfect person. I often say as a person of faith, it's a journey of sanctification. <laughs> you, you're just not going to have it all right this side of eternity. That's an unreality. Uh, we, we hear the word perfection as a fallacy. And so you just bottle all of that up in, in everything that, that you said. And I really, really appreciate what you do to stay grounded. But you also acknowledge that this is what works for me. That some people under the sound of our voices, maybe at that stage of life, where they just don't, they, they can burn the candle at ends that don't even exist. I myself, as someone who is <laughs> cough, almost 40, <laughs> nearing that stage, I can't do that anymore. I'm not in my 20s. I can't do the whole insomniac thing. It doesn't work for me. Um, and so knowing the season of my life, and from what I'm hearing from you, it, it sounds like you're in season. And it's blessing you. It's also blessing me, but it's blessing many others. So... I'm I'm just blown away by the wealth of of knowledge you share with us. As we're closing, we have a pretty broad audience here. We got Christians, Muslims, atheists, Jews, Buddhist, Hindu, whatever professionals, <laughs> millennials. Is a question I I do want to ask, just based on what you have shared for our guest. And I mean, you share just parts of your journey, but everyone's looking. How does her story help me? How can your average, and we're all, there's nothing average about anyone. So I, I struggle with using that word because we're all extraordinary. But how can the person who is not in the media eye and so much looking at the Instagram and looking at someone else's journey for themselves, how do they go beyond brand? What are just some practical, applicable, a few, I don't want to say steps, but practices that help a person go beyond brand? Oh, that's a beautiful question. I don't think anyone's asked me that like that before. You know, Media it has become a basic human need at this point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we might not talk about it that way, but again, like if you're looking for water and the information is right there <laughs> on your phone and you can't access it, you might die of thirst. It's like, so we have a hard time really knowing how to navigate all of this chaos without media, right? If you're in... Mm. The world, if you're not living off the grid, you've got to be tapped in some sort of way. And now we have these ways of being a part of the media, making media, distributing media, because we've got social media and these phones that allow us to take photos and video whenever we want and post it and share it. So there is a lot of pressure around us to show up within the media space. If you're an entrepreneur, for example, where's your content? You got to have your content. What's going on with your content? Did you make your content this week? My goodness, it's a whole other level of stress, right? Mm. So the, I think one of the, the first things that has to happen is that before you just go diving into, okay, I'm just going to use media any which kind of way, you really need to be grounded in the three things that are the most important to you. Like, what are your three? core beliefs, principles, the, the, the ideologies, however you name it, core philosophies. Why are, what are the things, the three things you believe conviction-wise are necessary 
in order for you to be alive. And when I say conviction, I do mean that if you are confronted with opposition about it, will you change it? If you change it, then it's not a conviction, right? It's like if in the face of opposition, you still stick with it. It is something that is so strong to you that you will lay a lot of things on the line for it. That is a conviction. You get to the truth of your three core convictions. And then those three things are going to start to tell you how you need to be interacting with people through media. Because all of the things that you create need to be tethered to those three core beliefs. And where those core beliefs line up with like what people are looking for in relation to those beliefs, that's where right there in the middle, if you think about it like a Venn diagram, that's where your audience is. That's where your community is. That's where your benevolent collaborators are. That's where your opportunity for growth is. So you got to be grounded in those three things. And that is a matter of you getting really present with yourself and just remembering that presence is greater than perfection. So you need to get present with yourself. What is it that you believe right now? What are those three core things? And it's okay if they change, mm-hmm. okay? Because as you get older and you experience more life and you keep growing, you might get rid of one. Bring in something else. Get rid of two. Get rid of one and a half. Morph them and edit them. They don't have to be dogma. You can keep rewriting them as you need to. But you've got to stay tapped into those three core things. And that is the vigor of your message. That is what you basically take a look at. What is the perception of these things? How have we been taught to think about them? What are the narratives we've been given around those things? And then you shake up that perception with your perspective. And boom, there's your energy. Folks, I hope you've been taking notes (laughs) during this podcast. Class has been in session for both of these episodes. And Joy has broken down just some practical and applicable ways that we all can go beyond brand. And if you sense that after hearing this, that you are off brand, I want to encourage you if, if she's available to reach out to Joy. Obviously, if you need counseling, you know where to find me. But I am, I'm just blown away by how many nuggets uh, have been distributed uh, during this, this episode here. I want to give you guys some information. It'll be in the show notes. But for anyone hearing this, if you want to find Joy on her website, it's doing, doingitinpublic.com, just the way it's spelled. And also, heysuperjoy.com, just the way it's spelled. But also her book, Beyond Brand, is on Amazon. Make sure you get yourself a copy. Is it anything that I'm leaving out, Joy? Because I want you to um, be able to drop any of your handles just so people can be able to find you and really receive this wealth of knowledge that I'm receiving. Oh, I mean, the only thing I would add is that if you are working in media or you're just an audience member like all of us that's interested in the stories that we tell through screen and you want to connect with the CIME, which is the Center for Intersectional Media Entertainment, is C-I-M-E dot U-S, CIME dot us. So I'm blown away by what you've been doing too, Jamal. We so need spaces like this where we really talk about not just how to, not just how to be okay, not how to keep managing 
the unacceptable, but how to actually get better together and how to tap into our well of being. And I really appreciate you holding space the way that you do. The sentiment is all the way mutual, (laughs) Joy. Uh, I'm blown away by today's episode. I've, I've said that a number of times, but I'm grateful also for what the audience and multiple audiences are going to get out of this. Uh, you didn't hold anything back and just know how grateful I am. Till next time, which I don't think this will be the last time you and I are together on screen or in person. Grace and peace to you, my friend. And thank you so much. We're at the end of our show and just want to thank you for coming to take the time to get into it with us over here at Listen Then Speak. We do want to ask that you would feel free to visit the website at www.listenthenspeak.com. Drop us off some feedback. And if you also want to be a guest on the show, feel free to email me at jmarsh1218 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. I want to leave my guests with one thing. What is one thing that can help each of us to listen, then speak and broach topics with our fellow man in a manner that is mutually beneficial? Feel free to join us next week. Take care, everyone. Grace and peace.